Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for downloading episode 304. This week we have Stacey Abrams is broke. Biden is winning with women. Canning Camilla. Revenge of the Speaker. The IRS leaker pleads out. Brain chips. Expanding cash bail. Prosecuting prosecutors. And ding-ding machines. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, Representative Emeritus Ken Pellin. Dave, I was having a great week until I stabbed myself in the hand. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. Um, you gave yourself your own stigmata. I was trying to separate two frozen biscuits for some reason. Not that my fat self needs a biscuit, but uh ended up stabbing myself. I had to get two stitches, a tetanus shot, and I can't feel, I have lost feeling in my pinky finger. So it's been a great week. Besides that, everything's been good. <laughs> Stigmata Ken. Jeez. I mean, I started like, as soon as I stuck it in my hand, I knew it was bad. Uh, I started yeah, saying things I shouldn't have said. Yeah. And it was bleeding uh, profusely. Yeah. I, but anyway, that, I, I, I say things I shouldn't week. say without stabbing myself. <laughs> I know my daughter was like, what did you do? And I was like, yeah, I just stabbed myself. I thought I'd stab myself all the way through my hand. It was that bad. No, I didn't see it. I was in a, um, I was off of social media for, for a good portion of it. I was in uh, Asheville. Very nice. Uh, for, for a job. I mean, it, it was work, but uh, Asheville is, is beautiful. There's just no easy way to get there. No, it is a nice town. So where, uh, I guess General Lee this week predicted an early spring. How was Nashville looking? Is it starting to, I know it's not starting to get warmer, but what a gorgeous place. And in springtime, it is perfect up that way. Oh, it was cold. Uh, Okay. What is it, about 10 degrees cooler up in Nashville? Something like that. But the the night that we actually did the job was Wednesday. I, I went up there Tuesday. Uh, had a really good dinner with uh, uh, customers. Uh, is a good friend of mine. We went out to Ruth Chris and, and and had a good meal. But that Wednesday, buddy, it was it was wicked cold. I mean the the wind. I didn't realize Asheville was big enough to have a Ruth Chris either. Uh, you got the Biltmore right there. A lot of a lot of rich liberals up there. Yes, do you get the butter? Do you get to fly with the hot butter on it? Uh, no, I got the bone in strip and, Ooh, and mushrooms. That's a good call. Very nice, and I had to sit. We had to sit in the bar because I had nothing decent to wear. I mean, I was there for. Dude, that's work. the best spot to me at any place now is the bar. <laughs> I mean, that's all we do is sit at a bar anywhere we go. Well, the bartender wasn't hard on the eyes either, and, and she was very attentive and and kept my, mart- yes, my martini glass full. I know that's what's awesome about the bars. The uh, bartender is usually very attentive. Uh, you don't feel rushed at the bar. You can sit there, and if they got TV, you can watch TV or eat. I mean, it's. To me, it's the most enjoyable spot you can be at restaurants. Well, there were no games on because we're about to be in the sad time between uh, football ending and baseball starting. Is is, is the sad time because I'm not a big yeah. I'm not a big basketball guy. I'm not either, but we, I guess we get to see Taylor Swift one more time uh, at the football game. Look, right? I like Chelsea, <laughs> uh, uh, Kelsey, but good lord, have mercy! He is on every ad. Everyone. I them. saw him on an ad today about he's already the Pfizer guy, right? Promoting the vaccine. Right. But I saw him on an ad today about like tax relief. 
uh, and not been able to pay your taxes and some tax release service. He is all over the place. I mean, he really is. Look, I, and look, I, I don't blame him. Look, it's capitalism, right? I mean, if I was popular like that, I'd try to put my mugshot everywhere. You know, the thing is, is in that couple, she makes more money, but I think he's better looking than she is. I, I'm not, I'm not a Swifty. She's not really my my cup of tea. I've been sort of shocked at the hatred coming from the right this week on Taylor Swift. I, look, I don't. I I watch the last game. I keep up with it. They do show her a lot. They show her after. Every time he catches a pass or a touchdown, you know, they pan to, to Taylor Swift. I don't – I'm not – like, I'm not th- – there's this big, huge conspiracy, right? So this week, you know, the Republican pundits on – you know, these guys that have their own podcast. Like us? To me, they – like us. But they it's a conspiracy to them now where they think the NFL is showing her all the time. So when she comes out and endorses Biden this summer – then more young people will get out and vote for Biden. Like I don't think it's that. I think it's two people that are, you know, how the first three or four months of dating is. I mean, I think that's what it is, and it, and it's drawn people into the NFL games that are watching NFL games because of her. I mean, everybody's taking advantage of it. Look, but, first of all, the first few oh. months of a relationship like that is is like the eight seconds of the back of a bull. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it is it, it goes by fast. And uh, it is is exciting. It's it's not till it's not till you've been married for a few years. Like you kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see all that. There's been a lot of like negative stuff. I, I don't I, like, look. I don't the, think Republicans. I don't think Republicans ought to come out against her because that that's just not a good look. And it's just going to alienate more voters when you don't need to be alienating voters. Well, at this my my point. conspiracy on it is, and this is that this is true. The NFL is purposely putting her on TV because it brought in like 40 million people to watch a game that, that they normally wouldn't watch. And they're getting, oh, they're, they're getting eyeballs. Yeah. And look, at yeah. the end of the day, the NFL is a, is a profit-making organization. And that's what they're there right, to do. Exactly. So yep. if, if uh, what's his brother's name? Jason Kelsey just retired? <laughs> is it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. He's, he's hilarious. Uh, he is, oh, he he's is hilarious. Yeah. You know, in Buffalo, take his shirt off and start running through the crowd and yeah, slapping hands. He's the big hands. burly guy, right? Yeah. He's the, he's he's us, right? He's most American man. He's well, it's it, overweight, and, big belly, and his wife's <laughs> look on, on her face was uh, like <laughs> I, I've seen that look. I've seen the look of yes. disappointment in my own wife's eyes. I, I have seen this. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I don't know. Taylor Swift hating is needs to come to an end. Nah. It's not doing anything. Uh, I don't like it. I don't. I don't like her or hate her. I just. It's, I don't. She's know. not. It's just, it she, is she's it very, is. very talented. She's just not really my brand of music. Yeah, look, if my daughter. If my daughter want to get to a Taylor Swift concert. I'd probably take her. Uh, I mean, I might. I might take not? her and drop her off. <laughs> I think I would go. It'd be fun. Uh, but anyway, oh, you, I don't yeah, know if you yeah, saw the, it. the forty something in, in, in an entire sea of of uh, of fifteen to twenty two year olds. Listen, I went and saw Brooks and Dunn with guys last year, and there were a bunch of teeny boppers at a Brooks and Dunn concert, which I was shocked. So I don't think you ever nowadays know what you're gonna get at a concert. No, I mean I, I saw I saw kids at a Rush concert, which which was awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When I say kids, I'm talking about, like you know. 18 to, to, to 25, right. you know, younger people that, and I was really shocked to see how many young people were at a Rush concert. And I thought, I thought that was great. It's, they're, yep. they're getting exposed to real music, not something that's done on a computer. Now, yep. back on NFL, 
how in the hell is Bill Belichick still looking for a job? Yeah, Bill Belichick's unemployed. He's not going to have a job. So all NFL teams have a coach for next year. All the vacancies have been filled. Even the Atlanta Falcons vacancy, he was rumored to be coming to the Falcons. Look, I think he's out of football for now. Uh, you know, and I think part of it is he wants too much power uh, with these NFL teams. Like He was asking to be the general manager of the Falcons and the coach. I don't think that's how the game is run anymore. Uh, so I think Bill Belichick may be retired I, at this point. I, I wouldn't mind him being a GM. I, th- I think at 72 years old, I, I think that he's, he's 71 yeah, but GM and coach is a whole different ball game. It nowadays. is. It, it, it's just not done anymore. Uh, I think yep, it's not. Uh, Jerry Jones had a, had a puppet for, for a GM for a long time because he ran it as, yep. as, as the owner. Um, I just don't, I just don't think you see that anymore. You're not, you, Coaches have head coaches have input, but you know as far as as far as uh, positions go, as far as draft goes, the, that's what the GM does for a living, and and render unto Caesar that which is his. You know, it, it, uh, I know it's the it's the movie Moneyball with uh, Brad Pitt. Do you remember where he was the GM and he butted heads with his coach? But I mean, his Brad Pitt in that movie Moneyball, who was uh, Andy Bean. Uh, where he went out and drafted the players and the coach played the players and the coach always wanted to tell him who to draft and who to pick up. But it's just not how it is. No, anyway. it's not. And, and look, the a baseball manager is a lot different from a head football coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, their salaries are, are, are so disparate that, that uh, football coaches make so much more than baseball coaches because there's so much more you can do with your roster. In baseball, you have – was it 22 players? I mean, you're going to trot out the same eight guys plus a pitcher every night. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, you, you, just don't, you just don't have the flexibility that, that you have with, with, with football. We can put guys in, take them out, and, you know, thir- a third down player or whatever. Yep. So, Stacey Abrams' grift is up. Yeah, that was interesting, isn't it? I mean, this is uh, her organization. What is it? Fair Fight? Uh, I don't know if y'all remember, but this that organization was founded back in 2018 after – did she really lose the governor's race or not? Uh, according to her, she didn't. But anyway, anyway, she she founded Fair Fight back in 2018 uh, after she lost to Governor Kemp. And this organization now, after collecting over $100 million in its first three years, is bankrupt. Yeah, it's – That's amazing. It's upside down. They're, they're, they're going to lay off staffers. Yes. Um, yes, they've got 20 employees. They're going to lay off about three quarters of his staff. We'll soon be out of work. So they're going to be down to about five people. Uh, you know, it looks like, and you know, what really made me happy is a while back is Fair Fight sued uh, the organization, the Republican-backed organization that was uh, trying to help determine if people were registered to vote in the right districts a couple of years ago. And that was led by, I don't know if you know, Mark Davis and Derek Somerville were, were part of that group. And they sued that group and lost a couple of months ago. I think we reported on that, but thank goodness they lost that election or lost that lawsuit. It cost them about $25 million. Yes, they paid over $25 million legal fees. Now, I'm sure the legal, can you imagine the lawyers? I mean, they're the ones that got away. Well, lawyers uh, win every lawsuit. Some serious cash, right? Like, like, yeah, they look, spent twenty five million. Even in divorce, the only winner is the lawyers. But can you imagine how much Stacey Abrams uh, 
you know, and I put the title here, Stacey Abrams Grift is, Grift is Up. I mean, it really was. This was a nonprofit she founded. She raised $100 million into it. She traveled all over the world talking about this, her, her defeat and how she was the governor of Georgia and blah, blah, blah. And now the money's dried up. Well, yeah, but- and, and she got her she got her sizable ass handed to her in the second go round. Kemp mm-hmm. smacked her down by what nine points or something like that. Yeah, beat her beat her more in twenty twenty two than he did in twenty eighteen. So I mean, and, and trust yeah. me, Kemp was fighting above his weight class. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about hopefully Stacey Abrams. I, I even though I think even though I think Democrats in Georgia are ready for Stacey Abrams to take a back seat because there are more. I hate to call them rising stars in the Democrat Party, uh, uh, but there are. Some, Ami- I know, but there are some. Ami- there are some Amico. people on the sidelines. You know, yeah, but there are some people. Sarah, on the Sarah sidelines. Riggs Amico uh, could do it because she is. Hey, even a Jason Carter still got yeah. a big name in Georgia politics, and Jason Carter is more of a. I'm not sure he can win an election because he's a moderate Democrat at this point. He is not a. He's not a hard left type Democrat that takes that it takes to win primaries, and that's what they're going to struggle with is a hard left Democrat it's, like Stacey Abrams cannot win a general. It's the same problem we have with Trump is, is he's, I wouldn't call Trump right wing. He's not either. Yeah. I he's don't, not, yeah, he's don't. not a small, he's not a small government conservative. He's he, like we said many times, he's, populist. he's a populist. Yeah. So yep. what, where that's hurting him is Biden's up big with women. Yeah. And this is a new poll that came out this week. Uh, I, we've talked about this a lot, but, uh, the gender gap is widening as it's Trump against Biden now. So everybody knows it's President Trump against President Biden in, uh, in November. And now he's up big with women, 58 to 36% support Biden. Uh, that's up five points over just a couple months ago. And uh, men support Trump, 53-42. So, you know, men support Trump, women support Biden, but by a larger percentage. Yeah, and and look, he has a he has he has a woman problem, and it's and look it's, it's not necessarily anything that he did wrong. Is that we've been fed this idea that he's a misogynist and, and all that stuff, and look if you talk to his his ex wives his ex girlfriends, to a single person they have nothing bad to say about him. Right that he was that he that he was a perfect gentleman. Now do do I like everything Trump says? No. But I, you know, I maybe maybe it means that men are more rational. I don't know. Yep. But now what I was going, yeah, I was going to dig into this poll just a little bit more. Uh, but they also what these polls are showing is the independents uh, are gaining the independents like uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are actually receiving a lot more support. So, in in an overall matchup, Biden's got thirty nine percent, Trump thirty seven, but Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has got fourteen percent. That's look, a big number pulling, for an independent. Pulling fifteen percent. As an independent, that's a huge it's, number. That is, it, that speaks less to to uh, RFK Jr. than it does yep. to how bad the other two options are. Because <laughs> because look, it, and I, I said I think I said it last week or week before, I would sit down and have a beer with with Bobby in a heartbeat. He seems like he's a, a super nice guy and, and and would be fun to talk to. I'm not going to vote for him because because he is a classic liberal. But he says reasonable things. Even the human potato, uh, John Fetterman, said we need to secure the border. Hey, Fetterman's done a complete 360. I don't know if you've been watching this, and not to get off on Fetterman, but you know there were a lot of protests outside his house a week or so ago, 
he goes up to his rooftop or Palestinian protest, grabs an Israeli flag and starts waving it from the top of his house. I mean, the protesters just lost their stuff. And then even on this border uh, debacle, you know, Federer's come out and said, we got to secure the border. Like, what are we doing? We just can't keep doing this. And so he's kind of taken, yeah, he's taking a middle road on a lot of this. And, well, and, I, uh, and, and I think that maybe he's healing from the stroke. I do too. I mean, it, he's it, becoming it, a lot more of a, who's the, uh, who's the other center up in West Virginia? Mansion. Yeah, like he's kind of following the, the Mansion kind of moderate, middle of the road type uh, political. And look, I, I, I don't like him. Uh, uh, I, you know, Dr. Oz was, was a horrible candidate, just like all the other Trump uh, uh, handpicks to, to run. Uh, he, I think I like him better than Mitt Romney. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's not saying a lot, is it? Uh, I like him better than the South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, who wants to completely carpet bomb the Middle East. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, a, he, you know, he got the name Lindsey Gramnesty because he wanted to grant amnesty to to all the illegals. Yeah, and then carpet bomb everybody else. Yes, I mean, look, I, I like I like watching Fetterman. It sounded like, and this is, look, I don't want to. We're not making a joke out of this. Sound like Fetterman's wife is potentially leaving him. She's upset with some of the positions he's taken and she's uh, she's going to take her stuff and leave. So that's not good. But yeah, he's completely changed. That, he really that, has. That, that's amazing to me because, look, um, Alan Combs was married to a, a Republican for, I mean, for the as long as he lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and they checked politics at the front door. Yep. They didn't talk politics at at, at the table. He and Which Sh- I don't know how that's possible. Well, he and yeah, Sean Hannity were the best of friends. They would they would get on get on TV and yell at each other and call each other names and then go have dinner together. <laughs> that was a good show. I used to enjoy that. Well, yeah, I, I enjoy the back and forth. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Look, but, we were talking about this. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, the, the his wife leaving him over wanting to secure the border, or or wife leaving him because because he thinks that that Palestine should be turned into a piece of glass. Now, I don't want to pay for is for Israel, but they have the right to defend themselves. Yes, I do. Yep. So. Yeah. So back to this whole, uh, you know, these polls, and this is another thing we were talking about it earlier. Like the jobs report came out last Friday, three hundred fifty-three thousand new jobs were added. Uh, the prediction was for one hundred eighty-five thousand. The stock market is at an all-time high. Like, there's some, like, just inflation's going down. There are some things in the economy right now that, look, I want the economy to keep doing well, right? But Trump has got a problem with women. He's got a problem with independence. And right now he's got a problem with the economy doing really well up under Biden. So Biden's going to be able to go out and and continue to talk about this economy. He can talk about the stock market. It's going to be I, tough if Trump doesn't focus, I right? Think, I think the president, key is focus. presidents get too much credit and blame for the stock market. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, but I mean, now, now, when you when you destroy the the oil industry or something like that, you you you, you pull out your pen and and sign your name, you know, sign your name. We're not going to allow whatever the, the pipelines and and all that stuff. You can destroy an industry, but ultimately, I I, I can't credit Clinton with with the boom in the '90s. It was a tech boom. No, no. It, but it, look, it, it helps the person in It helps in the person. I mean, it becomes, that's the point, right? Yeah, it helps it the person. It becomes very office. difficult to unseat him. Now, what's, yeah, what's happening right. is Kennedy is pulling from both candidates. 
And look, yeah, 14, yes. 15% is huge for, for a third party. Huge. Yep. Uh, but he's, pull, he's pulling from, from both parties. And it was rumored that, it's not rumored, it, it's, it's pretty well confirmed that people from the Trump camp reached out to Kennedy about being a running mate and Kennedy said no. I know. I thought that was really strange. That that yeah. would be that would be a very powerful ticket. That would be very very yeah, powerful. I, I, yeah, but but yeah. Speaking of running Trump, running mates, I was going to say yeah. Look, last time I said Trump's just got to get on message. We talk about this all the time. He's got to get out of this lawsuit stuff. He's got to get. Uh, he's got to get on message and to win any votes. Like what he's doing right now is not bringing anybody over to his side. No, it, it's he's firing up his own base. He's preaching to the choir. At, at yep. some point, you have to convert the, yeah, the non-believers. Get you can't, you, yep, you exactly. can't, you can't keep preaching to your choir and firing up your base because they're going to show up anyway. They'll crawl across broken glass. Yep. You know, they they would walk across uh, uh, Legos barefoot to to uh, to go vote for him. But that's his his core is about twenty five percent. And to get the to get the other twenty five percent, you have to get on message. He, he's just he, his messaging is 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 awful right now. It's it's call it's calling people names, and that's that's not a winning message. No, it's not. Speaking of stupid people, Biden is <laughs> trying to replace Camilla. Maybe. Wow, I think I think most people in political circles have heard of James O'Keefe. He was the guy that used to be with Project Veritas. James O'Keefe would do these undercover videos and sting operations where he would go into, you know, undercover and, and release information. Well, last week he actually interviewed or went undercover on a date with a White House official who is actually, his name is Charlie Crager. He's a cybersecurity policy analyst in the executive office of the White House. So this guy's, you know, way up, uh, in the White House and, and and what's going on, you know, with cybersecurity and all that kind of stuff. And basically this guy opened up on a first date to James O'Keefe and told him that they that the White House was, you know, not happy with Kamala Harris. She polls real low. They were thinking about trying to replace her, but they didn't want to because, you know, she fit some, you know, gender norms. You know, she was, you know, a female, black female. Uh he talked about Biden and his uh going down, you know, not having the same charisma and that he had before. And he just, he really, he opens up for 15, 20 minutes to James O'Keefe about everything going on in the White House. He's a cyber security expert. Security. (laughs) And just completely just, you know, on a first date, uh, and and he's gay. So he was on a first date with James O'Keefe, two guys, uh, just opened up everything about the White House. Uh, and finally, James O'Keefe comes out in the video and says, hey, have you ever heard of James O'Keefe? The guy says, I haven't. He's like, well, by the way, I'm James O'Keefe and you're being interviewed. The guy has scrubbed everything. So he's he scrubbed his LinkedIn profile, his Twitter profile. I don't know how he still has a job because he just told all. <sighs> you know, <laughs> I, have, I have said that, that well, for, for straight guys, Women, women have a have have a way of of, of you will say anything on our first date if you think you can get some action. So that's what this guy was yep. doing. Yep. Uh, James O'Keefe honeypotted him. I mean, it's it, it's oh, 100%. It's, it's 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 amazing. Look, and I like James O'Keefe. I I, I like I like Project Veritas. I I like the stuff that he does the 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 on campus stuff and 
Um, I do too. He worked with uh, Hannah. I can't remember her last name is, but but they would expose the 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 liberalism within within academia and, and all that stuff. I, I I really like James O'Keefe, and he is doing old school journalism. Yes, and, and speaking of that, if you go out and search for this Charlie Crager on Google, not one mainstream news outlet uh, reports about this story. So no CNN, no MSNBC, no not even Fox News is covering this. Like nobody's covering a story of a White House official basically giving a dirt on the White House, right? That's we are we are being as a population we're being groomed. Yep, we're being we're being fed what information that we want, and you know, I, as somebody with a background in in, in selective information dissemination, uh, <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. Is is they're only feeding us what they want us to hear. And well, it's, it's people like totally James right. O'Keefe that are out there on the on the front lines are actually doing journalism. No, you don't have we don't have journalism anymore. No, and, and look, Elon Musk shared the story. So unless Elon's giving this guy a platform, you know, sharing it on X, uh, yeah, but nobody's covering this except some people on Twitter. So McCarthy's revenge. <laughs> yeah, speaking of McCarthy, this, 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 is this, not this, going this, out. Is this he? one, this one's this one's entertaining. Yeah, he's pulling kind of a Speaker Ralston, uh, which I don't know who who uh, learned from who, but uh, yes, yeah, so, so Speaker McCarthy, you know, he got uh, there was a gate they call it the Matt's Gate uh, eight, and so eight people voted to remove him as Speaker last year, and he has uh, formed this little group to go after those eight Republicans and try to find uh, primary challengers that will run against all of the eight people, and uh, you know, give cover to those people running against the, you know, against these eight that kicked them out. <laughs> Man, I, th- I think the vote to get rid of McCarthy was, was ill-conceived. Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not a McCarthy apologist. I, I didn't like him to begin with, but he was a consensus pick because the, the, the margins in the house are razor, razor, razor thin. Right. So to, to remove him with no plan to, to replace him, and, and, and there was no plan. Yeah, it was just was, no plan. Was was ill conceived, but and when McCarthy left, he he left he left the house. He just walked away. He took his ball and went home. Yeah, he left at the end of December. Yeah, he said, "I'm done. I'm yeah. not even gonna wait. I'm not even gonna serve my entire term." Which I think is is a, a huge breach of trust to his voters because his voters set him up too. there to serve for two years. Not for yeah. not for twelve months. Not get your not get your your panties in a wad because they kick you out of speaker. Is is he should have stayed up there? Now now look, he could do whatever he wants with his money. He he can go and find uh, primary. Look, you're exactly right. This is what Ralston would do if 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 he perceived you were on his enemies list, he would primary your ass in a heartbeat. And Ralston had the money to do it. Oh yeah, Speaker Ralston did, did this all the time in Georgia. You know, he passed away last year, but he would go after uh, the people he did not like. He would go. I mean, he went after me my second year. He came down to my district and found a a retired funeral home owner who you know everybody knows who the funeral home owners are in town. So they got very very high name recognition. Found a funeral home owner to run against me in a primary. He did the same thing to Matt Gertler. Uh, he did the same thing to Sherry Gilligan. I mean, he did. You know, just name the conservative people in Georgia. He went after, uh, and he did it for years. If you uh, opposed him in the least bit, hey, he put money and came after you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's really nasty that, that they do that against their own party. But 
And, and, and honestly, he would rather have a Democrat. Oh, hundred percent. He'd rather have yes. a Democrat if 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 you're not going to toe the line. Hey, look, and and oh, they'd much rather have a Democrat. I know, I know I we're mean, speaking not, we're speaking ill of the dead, but screw them. Um, he, I don't think we're speaking ill of that. I mean, it's look, just everybody knows Speaker Ralston did this. I mean, it was not uncommon knowledge. People knew that if you went if you opposed him, he would come after you, and that's what Speaker McCarthy's doing. To, you know, get back to his story, he's going after these eight people. He's already identified three primary challengers, it looks like, against uh, Nancy Mace, Bob Good, and Eli Crane. Yeah, so he's, he's going out there and rustling up the bushes to find you know candidates to run against him. Mace would be a loss because she's kind of cute. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. And yeah. that's, that's very rare in, in the halls of Congress. In Congress. <laughs> You're not a Nancy Pelosi fan? Not much. Yeah, but, but it, it just, it just you, shows Nancy. Well, sh- Nancy, fifty years ago, probably was a pretty good-looking lady. I have no, I don't. I don't yeah, have she to. probably was. But it just shows. I mean, what kind of person McCarthy is to be out of office now and still be seeking revenge? So Wait, well, it, why wouldn't you just, just power-hungry guy? Right. I mean, that's all it is. He already took his ball and went home. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's already screwed his his constituents, and now he's trying to to mess with with, with other people. And what's going to happen is he's going to he's going to hand the majority back over to the Democrats. Yep. You know we were we were talking before the show that you know with with Trump having having problems in the polls, how far down the ticket does does it, does that affect? And and you could you could you could very well see a majority in the House go back over to to the Democrats and and a Joe Biden get reelected at thirty seven percent. Yep. Have the House and Senate. Which is crazy low. The only good thing about the Senate is you need sixty votes to to uh, to, to close any any. Uh, uh, you don't have to to filibuster more. You don't have to stand up there like like uh, uh, like Jimmy Stewart and, and and keep saying I'm not going to yield right. my time. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, all, the the Senate is 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 fairly broken because it doesn't take fifty one votes. It, it takes sixty. Yep. So that's that's interesting. So we have the guy who leaked Trump's uh, uh, tax records. He's heading to prison, buddy. Yeah, for five years. And it wasn't just President Trump, but he did, you know, he did uh, leak tax records to Donald Trump and actually thousands of other wealthy Americans. Uh, yeah, he got sentenced last Monday to five years in prison. His name was Charles Littlejohn. He pleaded guilty back in October uh, to charge of disclosing income tax returns without authorization. Good for, uh, you know, sometimes I think we think the court system is, rigged against Republicans and Democrats or out, you know, but in this case, uh, they finally, they got this guy and five years in prison is, uh, nothing to, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a while. So that's, that's, I'm glad he got sentenced. That's five years in the federal pen. I know that's not going to be fun. You know, I have actually heard that it is better to go to the fed pen than it is to state. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Especially some of the Georgia prisons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eleven Alive actually ran, ran something last week, um, talking about the violence and and how understaffed they are and how, how many guards they've lost. The 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 federal pen system isn't. I, I don't get me wrong. I don't want to go to. I I don't even want to go to jail for a night. But uh, I think the Fed pen you're you're safer than you are if you're in a. Yep. And especially like I said, Georgia. I mean, I wouldn't last two days at Smith State. No, me either. 
They'd probably not two hours. Yeah, they'd f- stab my fat butt in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm not fleet of foot. I can't run from them. Yep. But I, I think I think it's I think it's I think it, it sends a pretty strong message that he got the max. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad he did. And, and look, it, it wasn't his place. It wasn't his place to release that information. So we got Elon Musk and brain chips. This is it. This is interesting. It, it is. So, it was so interesting as Elon Musk, Twitter or X, you know, he sends ships into space all the time. And then, you know, he's part of this company called Neuralink and they just implanted uh, uh, basically a chip in someone's, in a human brain for the first time. And, and the patient's doing well. Uh you know, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to uh, monitor the electrical activity of the brain. He's quadriplegics are what they're trying to go after. So what they're trying to do is make these chips that can go into the brain, I guess, and change the function of the brain, and potentially cure people of different illnesses that they've got. It's just, this is amazing to me that we're at the point now where they could potentially put chips in people's brains to cure them of certain illnesses or afflictions. Well, the, the other the other idea that that I know Elon's had, he said on said on Rogan is with with Neuralink you would you would essentially be hooked into the internet. And mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to sit down and, and type something out, which is good if you've stabbed yourself in the stabbed yourself in the hand. Um but you you could just essentially you, you would think about you would look something up and just thinking about it and the information would come to you. Yep. Yeah, I can't I, wait to see where this goes. I, I don't know what it means for society, but I can't wait to see where it goes. I don't think that I'm going to be in line to have to have my skull cracked open and have a chip put in. No, I think we're fine at this point. Uh, but you just, I mean, can you imagine the uses for this if it goes well? I mean, I mean it may be 50 years from now, right? But with the way technology is going nowadays, I mean, we could be looking at five or 10 years from implanting chips in people's brains to cure uh, any number of illnesses. Think about being an attorney and being able, being able to uh, just think about something and pull ca- case law up. <laughs> I know. And, and rulings and, and, and have the right ones where, you know, used to, back when you and I were coming up, uh, every every attorney had the law books behind them and they would go through individual books and, and and look, obviously they have, uh, uh, was it Lexus, Texas or whatever it is. Um, they have, they, they, it's all on the internet now, but back then you, 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 you'd pull a book down and you, and you'd go through rulings and, and see how they apply to your case. And now, uh, it's, it's a lot easier, but I, but I can't imagine being, being able to go on the fly and hear something a, a witness says and be able to access, uh, in, in your own head. Access yeah, it's just amazing where this could yeah, go. Yeah, their 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 social media or whatever, and 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 go with that. That that's it's very it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're walking down. Come I mean, think you're walking down the street, and there's a restaurant, and you just in your mind, you know, tell me what the reviews are on TripAdvisor for this restaurant, and you just think that instantly, right? And four point eight pops up. I mean, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, there, there's there's a dark side of it too, because yeah, but the, I mean. I, I I think some some weird stuff and all that would be somewhere cataloged that could be subpoenaed. 
Yeah, they're going to have to definitely try to figure out how to regulate this that doesn't get out of control. But that's also where the Apple glasses are coming on and the VR headsets where, you know, you're wearing this VR headset and it's recognizing, uh, you know, you can look at Facebook on it and you can reach out for front of you and touch and drag and drop. I mean, it's technology is going so fast at the moment. So we'll, we'll have to keep, we'll have to keep it, watching this story it, it is, and see where it, it goes. But we're losing humanity in that. Oh, 100%. You know, yeah, I mean, where, where kids don't talk on the phone. That, that there's... No, the Gen X, yeah, that story came out this week where Gen X kids say that one of their biggest fears in life is having to call somebody on their telephone. It's not Gen X. No, no, no. We're Gen X. You're talking about, you're talking about Z and millennials. Oh, Gen Z. Yeah, yeah Z. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I'm sorry. We're Gen, Z. We're Gen yeah, X. Anybody Zoomers. born before 1980. Yeah, but the Zoomers, their biggest fear in life is having to call somebody on the phone. Dude, I get I get so tired of texts that if I if I get more than three texts from you, I'm just going to call you because because <laughs> we could I can figure out something in a 30 second phone conversation that would take us all day of texting back and forth. Yeah, I make my daughter call people. I mean, you people kids need to talk on the phone. And they're scared of controversy, I think. They're scared of calling and talking to someone in a conversation not going like they think it should go. And in text messages, it's different. Well, yeah, because because you can type out a text message, you can look at it, you can think about it, and, and all that stuff. If if you're if you're talking to somebody face to face, talking to somebody on the phone, you have to you have to be quick witted. You have to yeah, be able to be process the information yep. and, and and relay it back to somebody quickly. And that's m- much more my area. Like, if I again, if I get more than three texts from, from somebody in a conversation, I pick up the phone and call. And, and I know I'm a, I'm a outlier because because I see so many people like that 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 will purposely let phone go to voicemail because they don't want they don't want to actually talk to anybody rather rather text. I know exactly. So, Governor Kemp. So we we're gonna he's gonna be tough on crime. We're we're adding yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, bail requirements to several cash bail. Yep, yeah, cash bail to to several charges, even misdemeanor charges. Yeah, which is totally, um, you know, the the title for this I uh, was going to say is we're going against the last governor's uh, uh, governor Dill. You know, Governor Dill had like a lot of reform in the, in the justice system, and really Governor Kemp has been. Kind of totally opposite of that, him and the legislature since he came into the office. But uh, this week, state senators, or last week, state senators voted 37, 30 to 17 to require cash bail for 30 additional crimes, including 18 that are always or often misdemeanors. So <clears throat> what this does from a practical standpoint is it doesn't allow judges to let people out on bail on their own recognizance. So if you commit certain crimes, then they have to cash bail you and then what this does is a lot of times it just keeps people longer in jail while they're waiting uh, to come up on trial. We have people uh, in Fulton County dying of roach bites. We do. Right. And because because he can't afford to make bail. He, he That particular person spent more time in the Fulton County jail than he would have been sentenced for if he just went ahead and pled guilty. Yeah. But I mean, this is coming from also there. I mean, on the other side of that, there are judges that... Uh, release. So there were two parts of this. There's going to be cash bail for 18 new services or 18 new misdemeanors. But it also says that this measure seeks to limit charitable bail bond funds or individuals from bailing multiple people out of jail. So if you remember last year when there were a lot of protests around that Atlanta 
the new Atlanta training uh, facility, you know, like 30 people would get arrested protesting and then an external organization would come in and bail all those people out. So this measure also says that you can't do that anymore. You have to meet the legal requirements to, you know, to bail people out at this point. Is that going to stand, uh, stand muster with the Supreme court? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that a lot of these measures are going against what uh, Governor Nathan Dill did when you know when he had his eight years in office. I I, um, I viewed it as a First Amendment violation. As people are using point, using their yeah, money, that point could be as, yeah, as a voice is saying, "I'm going to bail these people out." I I, I don't look. I don't like it. Um, I think that more training for officers is better. Especially, especially conflict resolution. And uh, I've, I've got a, I've got a buddy that uh, spent a lot of time in, in law enforcement. He was a Marine before that. And he posted something some time ago. Said not every fight is a gunfight. In other words, these officers need to be trained to, to the first thing they grab for shouldn't be their pistol. Is they should, they should be able to handle themselves in, in such a way that they can subdue somebody without, without putting holes in them. Um. I, I don't know who would think that additional training and especially conflict resolution is a bad thing. But I know, I know the whole cop city thing. Yes, I know. But yeah, so yeah, it's interesting that yeah, they're really going against these liberal judges and saying, you know, you've got to require cash bail for these offenses. And some of them are very simple type things like shoplifting. Not, not the shoplifting is simple, but, or, or simple possession. Yeah. And this is a, you know, if you look at this legislation, this is one of the few bills that is strictly party line vote. So this bill uh, is, is going to be party line in that Senate and it's going to be party line in the House. So this is this is the tough on crime versus the Democrats being softer on crime. That's how this shakes out. Right. It's it's not it, bail or, or being released ROR is not being soft on crime. Now, look, do we want catch and release like they have in Chicago and, and New York? Of course not. Of course not. But there's there has to be something in between. And most counties elect their judges. If you have somebody who's cutting people loose like that, throw them out of office. A, a, a bunch of laymen under the gold dome should not be dictating to learned members of the bar on how, how to handle their courtrooms. And, and look, I'm just going to throw a number. That, 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 look, that's the debate. I mean, that's the debate uh, at the dome on this type of measure. hundred percent is. And, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to grab a number. Let's say 75 to 90% of the representatives up there are not attorneys. And I'm not saying we want attorneys doing it, but that's how we end up with our next story with laws having to be fixed because it's being, they're being written by laymen who don't understand the law. So now we get to my representative, uh, Joseph Gullett, uh, is is pushed forward a, a measure, and I support this 100%, to, to revise the prosecutor's uh, oversight board. So it, the rules will not be set by the Georgia Supreme Court, which the Supreme Court has said, hey, leave us out of it. Yeah, that's what happened. So they passed a bill, what was a couple of years ago, with this oversight commission. But the original bill said that the Georgia Supreme Court needed to approve the rules. And then the Georgia Supreme Court came back last year and said, we don't think we have the authority or the power to approve these rules. So they basically made the law unenforceable. So Representative Gullett came back through 
last week and he wrote House Bill 881. It passed by 95-75 margin in the House. Again, this is one of those very Republican versus Democrat bills, but it removed that uh, portion of the bill that said that the Supreme Court had to approve the rules. So and it, when it, this... And this yep. is the this is the Dick Donovan law. I know everybody thinks it's, it applies to Fannie Willis, and it will apply to Fannie Willis uh, because because of her impropriety and all that stuff. But really, this was the Dick Donovan bill. We had a prosecutor that was completely ineffective because he was he was he was in he was in scandal, yep. and it happened dur- during COVID. So nobody was happier about COVID than than, than Dick Donovan. I guarantee you, because he was able to get his whatever twenty years in as a state employee and get his retirement. Yep, but this could go after Fonnie Willis at this point when this passes. Sure, so it'll sure can because yep. uh, uh, I, th- I think you said before we started recording that she finally admitted, yeah, uh, we were sleeping together. Well, yep. no and this kidding. Will, this will pass the Senate on party line on a party line vote, and I would think uh, Governor Kent will sign this fairly soon. And uh, what it needs to be written is, is is goes into effect as of signing, not in July. Do it. Right yeah, now. I'm sure it will. Yeah, he probably will. You know, it's. I don't know, man. That it's it's so it's we do have prosecutors that are out of control, and, and Dick Donovan is is a very good example. He was he was he was in a improper relationship with one of his employees, but and not it was not sexual, but he was the the tapes that that Matt Lowe got that uh, through the Freedom of Information Act. It was bad. It was real mm-hmm. bad. But we had we had no mechanism to get rid of him. The only way to do it would be impeach him. You know, until he was charged, and, and once once he was formally charged, he was he was removed from office, and and, and Matthew Rollins was uh, took over as as um, interim, and then he he won election. I don't think anybody ran against Rollo. He he's Rollins is super 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 good guy, even being a Marine, super good guy. Uh, yep. But it's such a, such a uh, what we were stuck with with Dick Donovan, and we we there was no mechanism to get rid of him outside of, of holding an impeachment, and which would have meant calling a special session and it was right. It was 2020. None of them, nobody wanted to be in a room with each other. So, <laughs> so, so nothing happened. So he, he hung around for the two years till he was charged. And, and that's when he stepped away and resigned. Once, once he got his, once he got his retirement, he resigned. Yep. All right, brother, you got the mule. <laughs> the meal this week is the city of San Francisco. I don't know if you saw the story, but they launched a pilot program in October of last year that pays people $300 a month not to commit gun crimes. <laughs> well, it's it's a little it's a little disingenuous the way, the way it's written. What what they're what they're doing is they're getting they're hiring ambassadors. They're hiring community ambassadors, right? And, and exactly. right now, the pilot program should be 10 people, which is, you know, $3,000 and in a city of a city the size of San Francisco $3,000 a month is is they 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 spend more than that going out to lunch. It's just funny they're going to go out to the community and find supposedly people that want to change their life and then they're going to pay them to be ambassador. I mean, I don't think the role of government is to pay people to be community ambassadors. Uh, but but it is. I mean, their whole thought behind this is to reduce gun violence. So they're going to take people that would otherwise be Potential gun criminals. We're going to pay you not to use the guns and to be an ambassador in the city. Uh, where's my money? Because I haven't shot anybody. I haven't either. I want three hundred dollars a month for this. 
I mean, yeah, I, 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 we're recording again. It's now been seven days since we recorded. And once again, I went a whole week without killing anybody. <laughs> and sometimes, trust me, sometimes it's a struggle. <laughs> yes, definitely is. Especially when I, when I got, got back down to, uh, uh, the way uh, Google sent me to, to Asheville was a 75, 285, 85. So when I hit 285 uh, uh, c- coming home, trust me, I, I was I was ready to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so we have the ding-ding machines, campaign contributions uh, from the sl- uh, slot machine owners. Yeah, I just thought this would be a really good story that illustrates how campaign contributions from certain organizations then directly lead to legislation being introduced by members uh, by members of the Georgia House. And there now, couldn't be a yeah, there couldn't be a better story than this. Normally the way that's done is you take the campaign contributions and you get somebody else to carry the bill. Yes, it's not that I mean, but in this okay, so the background on the story, let's go back a little bit. So back in 2013, Governor Nathan Dill signed into law uh, basically a coin-operated amusement machine law, which allowed for the operation of these gambling machines to be to really become official in, in gas stations or the VFW or the Moose Lodge or you know different parts from wherever Georgia. And when that law went into place, and most people don't know this, the Georgia Lottery Commission is responsible for regulation of those gambling machines. And they take a 10% cut of the gambling machine revenue. So before that, you know, before 2013, these gambling machines popped up in stores. They were really illegal. You know, it was kind of a wink, wink, you know, nod, nod type thing. The gambling machine owners start giving contributions, right? So they're, 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 maxing out contributions to the governor, lieutenant governor, and representatives all over the state. They get them to pass this law in 2013, which makes them more legitimate. Well, fast forward, they continue contributing. I mean, when I say contributing, this is hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars every year to politicians in Georgia. And but, but, this but, year- but, yeah. but running a home co- poker game is technically illegal. Is illegal, totally illegal. Now, no, no one's uh, now. Look, no one's kicking. GBI is not going to kick my door in if I have if I have some friends over and play poker. Yep, I I, I understand that, but it's, but it's technically illegal. I, I can't I can't bet on bet on the the Super Bowl legally in Georgia. Oh no, you can't. Not yeah, because you're not the state. So so what the deal is now is if you go into you know a gas station with a machine, you win money, they can give you a credit to spend in store. That's the current law. So if I win a hundred dollars, I can get a hundred dollar credit spent in store. But lo and behold, they've passed. They've they've uh, introduced a bill this session to allow you now to get a prepaid card. So if I win a hundred dollars now, they'll be able to load a prepaid card that then I can take off premise and play in other locations. So what this does is just continues to legitimize those gambling machines and these gas stations. And this bill will then entice more and more people to play because they know now if they win. Now I can go to my local Kroger or Ingalls or Kmart or wherever else and spend this money. So this just does nothing but pads the pocket of these owners of the gas on these uh, slot machines now. And it's a direct, you can just look at the campaign donations. You can track them to the people that are writing the bills and you can track the thousands of dollars they took 
And in turn, you can turn around and say they introduced legislation to benefit the people directly that gave them money. Now, I've I mean, been truly amazing. Pl- plenty of gas stations and uh, convenience stores, some that don't even have gas pumps, convenience stores, where they have ding-ding machines. When have you ever looked at the people playing those those stupid machines Oh, uh, and look, thought, the numbers. And thought th- these yeah. people these people have disposable income to do this. Yeah, and look, these are numbers from 2019. In 2019, three billion dollars went through those machines. Two point one billion was redeemed, so they have a seventy percent payout. Vegas has like a ninety five percent payout on slot machines. So these in Georgia pay. So they took nine hundred million dollars out of the hands of people playing them, and then the lottery commission who who oversees them got their cut of it, so they collected $9.3 million. So $900 million was taken out. So that's how much money these people that own these slot machines are making every year in Georgia. And then in turn, they're taking that $900 million and funneling it right back into political uh, representative pockets. I mean, it's just the, it's the biggest, like, I'm not sure there's another industry in Georgia that, that operates this way where a gambling machine owner, Pays the local politician, and they introduce legislation to benefit their business. Quid pro quo. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and you can track it. I mean, look, the ones, a lot of them live around me. You can track, they they contributed, I mean, it's not just representatives, it's senators, it's the governor. I mean, they're stroking seven, $8,000 checks to the governor every single time he's up for a re-election. Look, I don't care about gambling. I just, I just don't care one way or the other. You know, if 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 you're over eighteen, if you're a grown ass adult, uh, do what you want. But I I have, like you said, when you talk about ninety five percent payout in Vegas, it doesn't mean ninety five percent of the money they take in they pay out. What it means is ninety five percent of the time it's going to be some sort of winner. So you could be playing, say twenty dollars and win fifteen back. That's considered part of that 95% because it paid something back. So when you reduce that to 70, I mean, I think I think Giles said it best, you know, the original host of the show, is that the lottery is a tax on people who can't do math. I know. And look, we're, I mean, these people on these, we talked about earlier, they're totally against casino gambling, which is kind of the hypocrisy here that the people that introduce this legislation will vote against casino gambling bills, but then make it easier for people to go into the local gas station and play, you know, play the lottery or play the casino or the class B machines. So you're opposed to the casinos coming to Georgia, but you're not opposed to the local people walking into a gas station, losing all their money on, on the mach- on the gambling machines. I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen so hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen places where they have saloon doors to go back into the ding-ding machines. Oh, 100%. Where, where, yep. where they can go back there and they, they even though it's against Georgia Clean Air Act, they sit there, they can sit there and smoke cigarettes and, right. and whatever they went. You know, they can go gra- grab a beer and pay for it and then, then go sit in there and, and, and play the ding-ding machines. Look, I don't play slots. Even when I gamble, I don't play slots. Uh, I, I think uh, Matt Lowe uh, had a great quote, and it may come from his father is I'm not going to play anything that backs itself up to the wall and takes all comers. <laughs> That's a good way to saying it. Yeah, I've never played one of those machines. Uh, and this is a thing. This is this is different with the casinos too. Like if a casino came to Georgia, 
I would probably go to the casino every once in a while, but I'll never step foot in a local gas station and pump money into the machines. So you are catering towards different people with the the slot machines in the gas station versus a casino if it opened up in downtown Atlanta. It's different people you're catering towards. And look, I have never seen a clean-looking professional person who looks like they they, they they can afford to lose money playing those machines. I, 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 I'm sure they're out there, and maybe maybe that's more common on me of, of, of where I stopped to pick up my Gatorade. But <laughs> uh, uh, I've, I've, it, it always appears to me these are people uh, in the trades, and, and look, I'm in a trade too. But you know, painters and and stuff like that, though, that will take their. If, if you go in on Friday, you're, you're going to see every machine full because they they cash their cash their paychecks and then go play the ding ding machines, and those things are. Those things are stupid. And it's taking money away from their families back at home. And yeah. then it just, it, 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 yeah. It, it's, it's taking money from the lower class and using it to send middle class and upper middle class kids to school. Uh, 100%. I mean, you, you know, couldn't I, be more right. And what we're doing in Georgia right now is making it, it easier and making it more attractive to do that. Hey, look, I'm, I'm a guy who will go to Vegas. I'm a guy who will go to Biloxi. And go and play, you know, three card poker, or, or uh, if 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 I, if I'm actually there for a few days, I'll play a couple of uh, no limit uh, hold'em tournaments and stuff because 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 I, I enjoy poker. Uh, I'm I, I'm a guy who, uh, in fact, I'm I'm waiting on an email from a friend of mine that runs uh, a, a squares game on the uh, on the Super Bowl, and, and I'll buy a couple squares from him and and all that stuff. Is I have no problem with gambling. It 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 doesn't bother me. I know. Some people are 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 really really opposed to to games of chance. It just it, first of all, poker is not a game of chance. But um, it's, but really really opposed to it for religious reasons. Whatever, that's fine. But you can't say I'm opposed to it for religious reasons and then support the lottery. Yep, I agree. Because because people people like me, people like you, you, you've been to Vegas much more recently than I have. Uh, you you go you have a budget if 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 you go and lose a couple thousand dollars in Vegas being there your kids are still going to eat you know, barely it's, it's it, yeah <laughs> with for, yeah, for, with grocery prices nowadays barely yeah it, it it is like playing a slot machine every time you go to the grocery store like oh god how 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 high is this bill going to be but the people who can afford it are not the ones playing the lottery if 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 you're a gambler you go to Vegas, Biloxi, Atlantic City, uh, even Cherokee, North Carolina, uh, and, and you go somewhere, and it's an event for you to go somewhere and gamble. And, yep. and what I call it is paid entertainment. I don't, I don't expect to win. And no, this, that's, this, that's this, true. The secret is to, uh, it's called losing slowly. Is that, that's what they want you to do. Is They want you to sit there. They want to win. But if, if they if they beat you up in five minutes and take all your money, you're just going to leave and not come back. They want they yep. want you to lose slowly. And I and <laughs> the worst thing I ever did is take I took my wife when we were first dating. Uh, our first trip together, like out of town, was was to Biloxi, and we won and, and we won pretty well. And she thought that was gambling. Like, yeah, you show up and they give you money. No, baby, that's not how it works. <laughs> this was an anomaly. <laughs> Sort sort of like a drug dealer give, giving you your first hit for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Kenny. What do you got for closing thoughts? 
Well, we forgot to mention this earlier, but I wanted to make sure we mentioned that the chairman of the Rules Committee in Georgia passed away this this week. His name was Richard Smith. Uh, he was down from Georgia District 139, down around Columbus, Harris County area. Uh, Richard had been Richard Smith had been serving in Georgia since 2005, and he just came up with the flu and had complications, I guess, from the flu. So very unexpected. Yeah, he was uh, what 71, 82, like yeah, 82. Yeah. You just you uh, just don't think you just no. don't think about the flu killing somebody. I know, but uh, yeah, that happened in the house last week. You know, the rules committee is probably one of the most powerful committee or chairmanships to have up there. I think, uh, you know, he was well revered in the house. He was good friends with Governor Kemp. Nobody really had anything negative to say about uh, Chairman Smith. So and, uh, that and, was and, a big shock. And, and, and I think that that Kemp showed a lot of class because he came he to the house. Yeah, he totally he sh- did. He, he showed a lot of class doing that. Um, they they covered his desk w- with a black shroud. Um, but I th- but I think that he uh, Kemp showed a lot of class. You know, coming coming to to the Capitol from from his mansion. Well, not his, our mansion. Um, and and the things that he said. And he and he said sometimes we agreed, sometimes we didn't. But you always knew where you stood. Yep. And you you can't you can't give somebody a higher compliment than that is is he 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 stood on his principles, and if it happened to align with what Kemp wanted to do, great. If it didn't, he would he would he would tell you tell you to your face, no, I don't agree <laughs> exactly. with this. This is why, right? And I I think that that is a a testament to somebody who stands on principle is, you know, it is I this is this is what I'm this is the way I'm voting. This is what I believe. I know you believe differently, but this is this is my vote on it, and I, I yep. think that's that's a, a a very good testament to him. Yep. So we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to say he gets the chairmanship of the rules committee next. That's a that's a, like I said, a very powerful position. Uh, and and I don't know what they're going to do to to look. The session will be over before they could fill the seat. Yeah, they'll have just a normal election in May. Yeah, it, is to- is. Is you know it's gonna it's gonna be the wild west. In I don't know what the law is on that. I mean, there's a very specific law which says what you have to do within a certain time period from the next uh, primary election. But I haven't looked into that. But uh, it's, but it would be pointless because it's, it's, it's yeah, unlike, they, unlike point, Congress, they yeah, they they'll, they will, a, they'll gavel they'll, out in uh, what March. Yeah, no, but the people need to be represented by someone. So that's the challenge. Is they'll have to. They'll have to do something so the people of District 139 have a representative before next January. Uh, they well, won't if, just, if, yeah. If it were Congress, you know, the governor w- w- would appoint somebody. I, I, I don't yeah, know. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. We'll have to figure and, it out. And look, we're only we're only a month and a half away from from uh, CNADA. Unless there's a special session. I mean, even if you even if somebody, yeah, but that's not the point. The point is the people. Like the constituents of that district need representation to help with Georgia issues. So whether or not they're in session or not doesn't really matter. The people in that district need a representative to help them with other stuff, and that's why they'll. It's true. Yeah, that's why they'll appoint someone or have a special election for this. Oh God, that'll be a mess. That will be yeah. a mess down there because you're going to have a ballot that says special. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Below that, you know. You know, who are you voting for this district? Yep. Well, I don't. I don't. I left most most of it on the field. Uh, I I want to encourage anybody who enjoys what they what they hear to like and share us. 
uh, inflict this on your friends. If you don't like what you hear, inflict this on your enemies. Uh, and I certainly appreciate everybody listening. I, uh, Ken, again, I, I, I appreciate you being the partner on this. Uh, big thanks to Eric, who's going to, who's going to yeah, uh, try Sarah. to edit the fact that I, I smacked the mic as I talk with my hands <laughs> like Don't an idiot, but like you could see me, I'm, 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 I'm talking with my hands. So hopefully it won't be too bad of a, of a, of a mic smack that I had. Uh, other than that, we will talk to everybody next week. Catch me howling at the moon